The colors and noise are really something you can get seriously interested in. It's kind of the poetry corner of synthesizers. Here's a short poem to get you started. White noise is the loudest of all noise colors, and black noise is silence. How's that? Look into the darkness and hear nothing. It's black noise. That's beautiful. Black noise is beautiful. If you want to get political, it's interesting that all colored noise is a subtraction of power from white noise, and black noise is literally zero power. I don't find that one much of a poem. In between black and white are a variety of different noise colors, and these are achieved through circuit design, filtering, variations, electrical current, and other methods. You can make all colors of noise by filtering white noise. It becomes even more of an organic comparison when you consider how you filter it. The first cut into white noise gives you a prettier sounding pink noise. And then if you cut deeper into it, you get red noise. So it's kind of like when you cut into your skin, it goes pink and then it uh, bleeds. Cutting deeper into the circuit with various power curves, you get more into our blood and earth. Uh, red and brown noise are very similar. And then you get into the wispier stuff, green, blue, and purple. Those are great sounds. Finally, you get an odd, uneven color called gray. Gray is wonderfully unstable, and you can get quantized noise, or sort of granular or poppy stuff, and that is typically what you would call static. It's uneven. If you remember our discussion on drum machines last week, every single different color of noise makes a different sounding drum. So you can make a bassier drum with white noise because it's very wide sounding. If you want sort of like a ch ch kind of thing or a wispy, you need a uh, hi-hat, you need a blue noise or a purple for that. It's kind of fun to make an envelope and send different colors into it and see just how much genuine purpose different colors of noise have in a studio. I love all colors of noise. Yeah, and I know it's pretentious as it gets, but some nights it just feels great to crank a little blue into the room. There's different kinds of noise generators as well, so once you start getting into noise, man, you got a couple of them. I've got about four or five different noise makers. And for this to be worth the effort, you want all of them to be pure analog circuits. Digital noise will approximate the sound, but it's often a loop. Analog noise is purely random noise, and it can be good to meditate because your brain won't lock on to something that is repeating. If I like any one kind of noise circuit, it's red noise, and I have a couple red noise circuits. I love the heavy insanity of a good red noise signal. As I mentioned at the beginning of this, noise is used in a lot of industrial sound design. Many elevators play a loud noise pattern to calm anxiety of the elevator cabin. If you ever visit a therapist, noise generators are often right there in display outside the doors, and it's commonly used to block out the sound of other conversations. So noise can be considered a comfort for your own privacy. Noise can help soften 
a lot of external noises that might make you tense. So to address those sorts of flight anxieties that were very common, industrial designers started adding white and pink noise. Blue and purple noise are very calming. I'll play you some. It's a great use of the intercom in a plane. Noise can sometimes be used to present affluence. You'll hear different noise in first class, for example. This was a technique I noticed in Air France when we took it. They use a mix of ambient noise color and LED lighting to set the stage for your ascent, flight, and arrival at a destination. It's so subtle you don't notice it, but you absolutely feel it. But if you're a noise connoisseur, like myself, oh boy, it sure makes the flight nice. There's a famous myth that Hitler used turbulent noise, the brown kind I mentioned, and bass, low bass that could get underneath your gut, to make his crowd feel awful before he appeared, and then turned off the noise, and even cranked out a mood-lifting blue noise with him to lift the crowd when he shows up. This is a crowd manipulation tool that might not have been technologically possible then, but it's a nice urban myth. But it is something very easily done today, and I'm sure you will see it used in political rallies or those really tacky business conferences that people go to where they're feeling a sense of dread and then suddenly uplifted when the wealth motivator shows up on the stage. Noise is very difficult to perceive in a crowded environment and those stadiums and indoor arenas allow for a lot of heavy frequency broadcasting on an inaudible level. So certainly other politicians could do this trick and you might not have any way to notice or track it. So what kind of colors can you detect by ear? A lot of people know what noise sounds like. You might call it hiss. A toddler once impressed me by calling noise a blank sound. Isn't that nice? Noise is a blank sound, but it takes up space. If you were to stick your head out a window while a car is driving, you might hear something that sounds like noise. Noise in electronics sounds a lot like weather and wind. The easiest example to find noise is a radio. Tune it to where no channel is dialed. This might be not possible with your car radio, with the digital dialer that won't allow you this pleasure. But if you can tune to a dial where there is no station, that's pretty much white noise, and it fluctuates in a very nice way. I like AM for this purpose. The AM band is largely empty now, and it's just a noise wash when you turn over to it on your car. Future cars probably won't have AM, so enjoy it while you got it. One of the more interesting things in the world is tape hiss and other background noise. Tape hiss is actually a lot more complicated to describe in terms of noise color. So let's start demoing a little bit. Listen to this one. This is my uh, favorite color of noise. This is red noise, which of course I've mentioned, and a beautiful red noise circuit from a Moog. It sounds like a thunderstorm, and uh, the 
this Moog circuit is a couple years old and it's aged very nicely to have a nice and consistent red noise circuit. I love it. So, for the demo this week I thought it'd be fun to share with you how to make two of the more iconic noise designs of film. I'll show you how to make Eraserhead by David Lynch and 2001 A Space Odyssey by Stanley Kubrick. Both of these films use colored noise generators with an inductor-based fixed filter bank to achieve some of the more iconic room noises ever presented. And it is this inductor-based fixed filter bank that I actually think is what's missing when people try and copy the, the trick. Lynch likes to say he used a hairdryer and slowed it down. Much of the film's sound likely came from the sound techniques that Lynch described, like a hairdryer or a foley bottle in a bathtub. But other things are white noise with a fixed filter bank. Genuine fixed filter banks are incredible things. Since I'm already sounding pretentious talking about different noise colors, I'll double down and say fixed filter banks are not all the same either. You want one with wire-wound inductors on each frequency. And you don't want it to be a really cleaned up class A one. You want it to be a dirty old one. I have one of these. They used to be thrown away. Now, the same one that I'll be demoing with you could buy you a down payment on a car. Never trust the market on equipment. I have a Moog 907 FFB and it makes a great eraser head room. So we'll demonstrate how to make your own. It's nice, I just turn on eraser head whenever I like. It's also nice to jump out into space and chill out with Hal and Dave in 2001. Kubrick does some incredible sound design with noise in that film. I mean, the whole film is perfect, but the sound design is especially nice. I'll show you how to get that out of your own noise generators, too. That one's easier. That's a very nice mood to lounge out to. You know, out in space, heading to Jupiter, while your onboard sentient computer conspires to kill you. So with that, let's jump into the demo. But first, this message. United States citizens, do you have a state governor who has threatened your life by grandstanding during a pandemic? Perhaps they have reopened the state and insisted city mayors have no opportunity to protect their own population. If you're in Texas specifically, you can opt in to charge Texas Governor Greg Abbott with a war crime. President Trump declared war on COVID in March, and war crimes are defined as intentionally killing civilians. Join the movement to charge Greg Abbott with a war crime today. Paid for by Texas citizens demanding Greg Abbott be charged with war crimes as an enabler of COVID and a murderer of Texas citizens and its culture. United States citizens. If you're in Texas specifically, you can opt in to charge Texas Governor Greg Abbott with a war crime. Under certain international agreements, these crimes never expire. These deaths have already occurred in Texas, and no matter how much soap Greg Abbott tries to scrub on his bone-thin fingers, he cannot undo the intentional deaths he caused. Join the movement to charge Greg Abbott with a war crime today. He has already committed these crimes and cannot undo them. 
His primary weapon is dishonest reasoning, and he should be considered armed and stupid. Do not approach Greg Abbott in person, and call the authorities. Look up the phone number for your local United Nations. Let's jump into the demo now, where you learn how to make a racer head in 2001. 